You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Hot Stove Report. Going, going, goodbye baseball. On 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle app. again everybody and welcome to a very very special edition of hot stove why because earlier today edgar martinez was voted into the baseball hall of fame he becomes the third mariner now in the hall of fame along with our very own dave niehaus and ken griffey jr hi everybody welcome to hot stove two hours tonight talking about edgar martinez rick riz along with shannon dreyer gary hill and our very special guest dan the man wilson Earlier today, Edgar got the call to the hall with a total of 85.4% of the vote. He came oh so close last year with 70.4% of the vote. Edgar gets in on the 10th try today. He goes into the Baseball Hall of Fame along with Mariano Rivera, also Roy Halladay, and Mike Mussina. So four going in by the Baseball Writers Association, Lee Smith, Harold Baines, uh, voted in by the special uh, committee a few weeks ago. So it's a big Hall of Fame class, and we couldn't be happier, more proud of number 11, Edgar Martinez, going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So for the next two hours here on Hot Stove, we're going to be talking about Poppy Edgar Martinez. Shannon, Gary, Dan Wilson, what a day for Edgar Martinez, Shannon. Incredible day. And when it was leading up to the announcement, I mean, the math seemed to be there, but still to get the goosebumps and the chills and the anticipation and to see Edgar rewarded finally after so many years, what yeah. a special day. Absolutely. Dan, you were a teammate with Edgar Martinez for a long time. You saw him up close and personal. What made, in your mind, Edgar Martinez a Hall of Famer? Uh, that's a great question. I think, you know, for, for me, as, as I watched him over his career, really, you know, two things come to mind. I talked about it a little bit earlier today, but uh, humility. Um, Edgar was a very humble guy, very non-assuming, uh, and, and I think that spilled over into his work ethic and, and uh, a guy that came in every single day. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, he weighed his bats. And, you know, he yeah. was so, you know, so he meticulous. There yeah, he was just so... Uh, you know, he loved his craft. He loved hitting. He studied hitting. He studied pitchers. Uh, he just made it an art. And, and, you know, to see that on a daily basis as a player, uh, it couldn't help but impact you. This is such a great day. Uh, not only a great day for Edgar and obviously his family, but it feels like everyone is part of this. Yes. Uh, the Pacific Northwest, Mariners fans, the Mariners as an organization, that's why this day is so special. It feels like Everyone has been part of this journey from Edgar Martinez first getting to the big leagues his entire career and now the journey into the Hall of Fame, which in a lot of ways mirrors his career. I mean, you look at his career and unlikely to the big leagues, unlikely to be a Hall of Famer, and his journey to the Hall of Fame kind of took a similar path. And here we are at the end, and how good does this feel? It it feels wonderful. I mean – 18 years in the major leagues, all with one organization, with Seattle on his jersey, playing at the Kingdom, playing at Safeco Field, now T-Mobile Park coming up here this season. And I think that says a lot for Edgar. A number of players don't do that. You know, with free agency, they move around. And uh, Edgar did it in one city for one franchise. 
and Danny, I think that helped him out. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think that's you know, like you mentioned, it's something that uh, you don't see today, and and a lot of guys, uh, you know, aren't in a city for more than five years or so, and and Gar was a guy that, you know, he he stayed here, he he put his roots down here, he met Holly here, and got married and had kids, and and uh, I think it, you know you can't talk about Edgar on the field without talking about him off the field, and and what he has meant to this community. Uh, off the field as well. He and Holly have done tremendous work here, and and uh, you know he's he's endeared to us more, be- yeah. not just because he got big hits, but because he does the right thing. And and uh, you're right, Gary. It's a great point. Everybody feels like uh, they're a part of this tonight. We are going to talk about the man of the day, the man of the hour, the man Edgar Martinez voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame earlier today. Coming up next, a visit with Edgar Martinez right after this timeout. Pitch on the way, swing a high ground ball. Martinez to third for one, second for two. Relay to first, triple play. The Mariners turn it, triple play. Downey the hot smash to Edgar Martinez at third. Steps on the bag for the out on Mario Diaz. That's one. Down to Reynolds at second for the out on Gary Pettis. That's two. Reynolds relay to first base. To triple up Brian Downing, that's three. Edgar Martinez was a, a better third baseman than, than a lot of people give him credit for, I think. I remember Edgar Martinez, he didn't have great range, but he could move to his left. He went back and played played the ball well. Edgar Martinez's days at third base was the mustachioed Edgar Martinez, as I, I recall, rather than clean-shaven Edgar Martinez. But, I mean, when we're talking about third base, he won't go down as one of the great third basemen of all time. He should go down as one of the greatest hitters of all time. And again, welcome back to Hot Stove. Rick Rich, Shannon Dreyer, and Gary Hill. And what a day it is for Edgar Martinez and the Seattle Mariners. Edgar, earlier today, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame by the Baseball Writers Association, along with Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, and Mike Masuna. We have Edgar on the line all the way from New York. Edgar, what in the world? After 10 years on the ballot, you finally get in. You deserve to be in the greatest fraternity in sports, the Baseball Hall of Fame. What's going through your mind, buddy? Well, today, um, let's see. It was kind of regular day uh, in the early part of the day. I uh, tried to distract myself most of, the, of the day. Went to my routine, workout, you know, kind of did uh, – normal things and uh afternoon with you know I start paying more attention about uh what was coming and you know we just kind of stay around here right around f- close to five o'clock and uh waiting for the call um so that that, that was uh when the excitement it started, but uh, early in the day, it was kind of normal. Edgar, what's that like? Is that your phone? Is that somebody else's phone? Do you have to tell everybody, hey, don't call between uh, 445 and 5 o'clock? How does that work? Well, um, it's my phone. Uh, I, I had it on speaker, and um, there, there were people, I mean, the whole day, it's been a lot of texts, calls, um, so I got... Uh, one call that it had the New York area code, uh, and it was right at 5.15, but that wasn't the right call. <laughs> <laughs> so the coincidence that I got a call from New York. <laughs> wasn't it, though? So I was like, and, and, and 
it was the wrong number, but uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> the they hang up right away, uh, or you know the the call was dropped, and I said, well, that call is from New York. I'm not sure if that's the one, <laughs> but uh, a few minutes later, then I got I got the call, and uh, like I said, it was in the speakerphone and. Holly and the kids were here. Uh, we were just kind of listening to um, to what they have to say. Edgar, this has been quite a journey, and you're such a humble guy, and one of the reasons why you're so beloved here, one of the many reasons. And you never campaigned for yourself, but there were the organization, the fans, uh, media, there was a lot of campaigning the last 10 years during this journey. What does that mean? What does the support from this area and the fans mean to you? It's been amazing. Uh, I, I tell you, and I believe that the support from the Mariners organization and the, the way they shared information about my, my career in the last, I don't know, seven years, uh, it's been one reason why um, I'm talking to you today. The same um, is uh, with the fans, the way they have, uh, you know, supported me in social media and social media uh and uh any way they can it's it's always played a big big part um and um the election uh today uh it means a lot and i i, I understand the uh the role the fans and the mariners organization has played in in this big day edgar has it sunk in yet that you, along with Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, and Mike Messina, are members of the greatest fraternity, I think, in sports, the Baseball Hall of Fame, to be in the Hall of Fame with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Sandy Koufax, the greatest players in the game of baseball, and now you're going to have your very own plaque in Cooperstown, New York. What does that mean for you, buddy? Well, it means so much. Um, I haven't been able to do kind of think about it uh, yet, um, but I'm sure when I get the time to, to relax and allow my mind to go there, it, it, will, be, uh, I will, be, it will be more clear in my mind what it's, everything really means. Um, but I know I've been thinking about this uh, and, you know, for a while, and it's, uh, it's the highest honor as a player. Um, playing the game for this long and when you get to this moment where you are um, you're elected to the Hall of Fame to be with the greatest player this game ever seen um, you know it's, it's an old game 100 plus years it's, it's just incredible feeling uh, we'll, I never thought we'll be here in this position but um uh, it's just amazing. Edgar, you were able to make the trip to the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago when Junior was inducted. How much were you able to see when you were there, and, and what did you have your eyes open to when you walked through those doors when you when you were in the museum? Yeah, when I was there, Junior was so busy. You can, um, it's it's very hectic um, a schedule. Uh, for, and, you know, I, I was able to see that he had 
very few times we were able to see him in short conversation, um, but uh, he, he was he was going all over the place. Um, but um, you know, I haven't been able to talk to him about it. I'm. I think in the next few days, I'm gonna text him and and just gonna talk to him about what it's like. But what I was able to see is a pretty busy time, um, and um, it's uh, but it, it, it's amazing. You can tell it's amazing experience just those three days. It was such an incredible career. The, the numbers are overwhelming. How did you mold yourself into such a tremendous hitter? Um, you know, I think my style, like since I was a young kid, I was able to hit for high average. Um, I think I, you know, I was the best hitter in each from the from little league all the way to semi pro. I was the best hitter in every team. I can't. The, the the only thing I can go back to is that probably through the years I um, I used to just practice all the time. I did. I was uh, uh, infatuated with the game. Um, I was always working on it, and even with a kid, just playing the game all the time. I think I developed my hand-eye coordination so early, and I I got even more confidence. The, the better I did, the more confidence. So through that earlier stage uh, as a as a player, even when I was a kid, it was no doubt for me that I could hit the ball. No doubt. Um, very confident early. In minor leagues, obviously, I went through ups and downs. But I think in Triple Eight, I regained that confidence again. Um, at the beginning, I had some ups and downs. But I think the, once I regained the confidence uh, again, it was just about working, working hard, um, and. Uh, I had a mentality. The approach was um, just to use the whole field, stay on the fastball, and uh, don't try to do too much. You just kind of simplify things. Um, I think all those things kind of helped me uh, through my, my career. Well, baseball now has the best designated hitter in the history of the game with you in the Hall of Fame, Edgar. The award is named after you. I want to talk to you a bit about that transition because I don't think a lot of people realize when you came up, I saw you as a young player. You finally got up from Calgary, and you were a good third baseman. You could play third base. Tell us a little bit about the transition to designated hitter because Lou Pinella helped you make that decision. And what was that first like for you because you became the best DH in this game? Yeah, at the beginning, um, I started having problems with my knees. Um, and that was something that early in my career was giving me some problems. Um, and then I pulled my hamstring, I think it was 93. Yeah, in Canada. And, um, we, at that point, we, Lou became our manager, I think it was, uh, 93 and 94. Mm -hmm. It was around that time. 
And, you know, what Lou basically said is, well, I need you in the lineup. I, I need you to be in the lineup every day. And uh, it was hard to argue with that. Um, I was, you know, came from uh, um, knee surgeries and I have shoulder surgery and hamstring. And uh, what he thought is that this is a way I can keep you in the lineup, um, just DH. And uh, I, I decided to, to try it. I wasn't. Uh, happy about it at the beginning, but I can argue with that. So um, I, I just decided to try to give it a try. Edgar, what was the biggest change you made in your game in your playing career? Um, I think for the most part, the uh, the approach. Um, just I remember. Um, Earlier in my career, I wasn't driving a lot of runs. I didn't have good average with men in score position. And um, I remember um, uh, one of our managers uh, just came and said, just try to hit the ball back at the middle. Uh, and... Uh, at that point, I said, huh, I will try it, and tried to approach back to the middle, and, and that day I hit a home run, and uh, I drove, I think it was two or three runs, and after that, that was my, my approach. So I think the, the approach was something that, that helped me um, to, to produce uh, more with many score position. And um, I also... The struggle at the beginning, and I acquired like mental, start working more mental skills. Um, and that was another thing that helped me a lot uh, in the game. We felt so often that I need I needed to work on on just uh, when I was down, being able to to uh, to work and and be more positive and. Have 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 expectation of success every time I come to the place uh, to the place. So um, I think that those things were were the most helpful. I believe. How much did you enjoy the one-on-one -on -one battle between hitter and pitcher? Yeah, that is. Uh, I really enjoyed that a lot. That's the biggest satisfaction. That's how. Winning every bat um, is what it's all about. Um, I think for for me, that was what gave me the most satisfaction. Each at bat is is uh, half a winner and a loser, and just winning as many as bad as possible. That's what what it was all about for me, I think. Um, and that's how I got a lot of satisfaction uh, playing the game. Visiting with the newest member of the Baseball Hall of Fame from the Mariners, Edgar Martinez. Edgar, a lot of things defined you as a great hitter. You put the bat on the ball, you put the ball in play, and you came up with so many clutch base hits. 
You hit the double down the left field line, game five of the American League Division Series against the Yankees. Biggest hit in the history of the franchise. Dave Niehaus had that fabulous call. What was it like standing out there at second base when you were just about ready to get mobbed with 57,000 people in the kingdom? Yeah, that, that was a very cool moment in my career. Uh, obviously, a time in my career that I never forget. Um, you know, that's um, probably the biggest uh, moment for sure. And... Um, Seeing that the fans uh, and the teammates react, um, it's 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 just as priceless. It's something that you never forget, um, and um, you can. It's, it, it feels like you come through when when the teammates and the fans uh, wanted the most, um, and, and just a special moment in my career. Well, Edgar, I tell you what, it's been a whirlwind of a day for you, a long day, an exciting day. you got to be exhausted. It's going to be a heck of a day for you tomorrow as well, especially when we get to see inducted into the Hall of Fame later on in July in Cooperstown. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Edgar. And on behalf of Shannon and Gary and myself and the millions, and I mean millions of baseball fans here in the Pacific Northwest, Mariner fans, congratulations, well-deserved on being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Thank you so much, Edgar. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a great evening. The newest member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, Edgar Martinez. Back with more here on Hot Stove after these messages. 300, 400, 500 guy for his career. There are like 18 of those guys in history. Then when you take those specific numbers and try to find people that have a higher average, higher on base, and a higher slugging than him, there are like seven guys in Major League history that have better numbers than him. And I covered baseball significantly at the time of his prime. And Mike, you know this. When you ask people like, who are the best hitters in the American League? And Edgar Martinez's name always came up. Swung on and belted deep to center field. Bernie Williams looks up and this will fly, fly away. Edgar Martinez has just given the Mariners a five to two lead. Dead center field. Edgar Martinez has stuck everybody's finger here, 47,000 of them, into a 110-volt outlet. They are going crazy. Oh, the wonderful Dave Niehaus with that call of an Edgar Martinez home run earlier. You just heard Tim Kirkshin of ESPN talking about uh, the great numbers of Edgar Martinez. Elect to the Baseball Hall of Fame earlier today. This reminder, 2019 Single-game tickets are on sale now, which means you can purchase seats to some of the biggest games of the year, including opening day against the World Series champion Boston Red Sox. You can also catch series games against the Cubs, Cardinals, and Yankees and enjoy six fireworks nights. Stop on by Mariners.com today. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dreyer, Gary Hill alongside Dan the Man Wilson, a very special guest right now, two hours, talking about the great Edgar Martinez one of the newest members of the Baseball Hall of Fame today. We're visiting with a very, very dear friend of ours, former Mariners hitting coach Lee Elia on the program. Lee, also here tonight is your son, Dan Wilson. Lee, it's great to have you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. I uh, I have so many memories. It just uh, I couldn't be uh, more excited for anybody than Edgar. He's, he was so worthy of it. 
And now I got a chance to talk to you guys, Rick and Danny, and and the other gentlemen. So it's a it, it it's quite a nice night, Uncle Lee. It's Dan, and uh, I tell you what, I've told you this before on the phone, but when I hear your voice, not only do I smile, but my heart smiles because it's oh. just so good to hear you. And uh, you know, we called you Uncle Lee for a reason because uh, you had such a a deep impact, and for me personally. Um, you were the, 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 the biggest impact you had the biggest impact on my career as a hitter and, and taught me how to hit at the major league level. And I know, you know, you worked with Edgar so many years, uh, with Seattle. Can you just tell us about, you know, Edgar, the student of hitting and, and just what, you know, a, a, on a daily basis, what he would go through and, and how impressed you were as a coach, just how prepared he would, he would come to the ballpark. Oh, well, you know, I, I you, you try and throw a lot of things together on a piece of paper uh, so that you could probably transform to, to uh, somebody else what kind of guy Edgar was about. I I think that the one that, there were several different things that, that come to my mind all the time. It got to a point when the coaches were in the coaches' room. If if we heard Edgar's voice or or saw him walk in the locker room. It was one o'clock in the afternoon. You could set your clocks by him. And I think that was kind of how systematic he was in, in everything he did when it came to hitting so that he was right, right on time with everything he did. I, I personally was so, it's even hard to put into words because my first two years with Seattle, I was just the bench coach for Pinella. And then the, then in the wintertime, Lou called me up and he said, we've got to find a hitting coach because uh, uh, Ken Griffey Sr. is not going to come back next year as the hitting uh, coach, so we've got to find one. So we sat down for, for about two or three weeks and put some names together, and finally he said, no, you're going to be the hitting coach. And I said, Lou, I never was a hitting coach. He said, well, you're going to be one here with Seattle. <laughs> and I'll never forget in spring training of that first year, we were going through a, a getting to know each other kind of thing. And with about when, when Lou got down with about 18 players, when we were getting close to putting the final club together, I thought it would be a good time to have a meeting. And and I I really was a little concerned because <laughs> I had never had that kind of meeting before, and I got all the guys together and I said, you know, this is the first time I've ever done this, and I'm excited as heck to do it. So if there's anything that you have in your in your mind or anything, you know, please let me know and I'll do the best thing. And before I could get it out of my mouth, Edgar said to me. Uncle Lee, I want to make sure you, when you look at me and my setup, that my hands never go down low. They always stay even with my shoulders. And it kind of just relaxed me and everybody else. And from that point forward, you couldn't have been any more blessed than Lee to have a guy like Edgar Martinez as one of your hitters. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've had, I've had a lot of blessings and that ball club and with you, Danny also and Edgar, it was, it was, uh, it was such a rewarding experience to be there. It was, uh, 
I was I, I remember two years ago I I I called I I called Edgar and I couldn't get him so I texted him to congratulate him on going into the Hall of Fame and I had misunderstood a TV show and then it couldn't have been five minutes later uh, I got a text back and he said Uncle Lee he said uh, now you got it wrong I didn't go in I just missed but I will go in one of these years, but thanks for thinking about me. That I think that says volumes of what kind of an individual Edgar was. You know, you guys can jump in here anytime you oh, want. We're ready to. You know, we, I love hearing you talk and, and tell stories, uh, Uncle Lee. And uh, I, I do want to, uh, of course, talk more about Edgar. And, and there's one instance, Game 5 of the American League Division Series, where he strikes out on a forkball by Jack McDowell in the ninth inning. Then in the 11th inning, takes a fastball down the middle of the plate, and then here comes the fork ball. That's when Edgar hits the double, the biggest hit in the history of the franchise, wins the ball game, game five. What can you tell us about Edgar the hitter, the discipline that he had to look for his pitch, Lee, and to do something with it and make contact like he did so many times? I I don't think you could get any more prepared on a daily basis than Edgar. And and uh, there was a lot of things very quietly he would do. He was, his preparation before each start uh, was was pretty special. I mean, he would go in the film room and and, and check the, that pitcher out, and he would look at at how they handled him and the way they pitched him and all those things there. That, but you know, every now and then he would he would lighten up. And, and and have a little funny way about him. And I, 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 can, I can remember, I don't know if it was 0 for 6 or 0 for 8, something in that range, but he came up to me before one of the games after doing his consistent routine in, of preparation for each game. And he says to me, Uncle Lee, he says, I'm going to have to get a couple base hits to right field today because he said I haven't, I'm 0 for 6 or 0 for 8, whatever it was. He says, I must well just get a couple hits and get this over with. And I said, you're just going to get a couple hits to right field? He said, yeah, I get to hit the right field anytime I want to. And son of a gun, if you don't go out there and get a couple line shot base hit to right field, and, then, and the next thing you know, he's back in the groove. But I think one of the things that was special about him is he could he he owned the whole field. I mean, he could he could go deep to left center. He could hit a bullet down the left field line if he had to move a runner over. Which usually, when he moved them over, it was a base hit RBI to to to, to the right side of the infield. But uh, the simplicity in in his approach and the knowledge of location in the hitting area. How many times he was it exemplify that to me. Uh, was so paramount for his success. He never, never got flustered. He always stayed right in there. And yeah, I think, I think if if you ever sat in that locker room and you were with him for seven or eight years, you could probably understand what I'm saying more because the simplicity of of, of his approach to hitting. And the knowledge of what he could do at location in the hitting area, uh, you can talk about it, but it was God given. I, I don't, 
you know, I stole half of the stuff he had because I thought maybe it would help somebody else. But if he said one word to any hitter on that ball club about hitting, it was speaking volumes to that guy. And I just, uh, I think everyone that gets to know him finds out how low-key he is and how prepared and how, how, how much he concerns about other people probably way more than he, he ever con- was concerned about himself. He, he, he's a special fella. Uh, oh my God. I'm so excited that he went into the hall. <laughs> so we, please. You know, it seems like you got a room full of guys over there. You know, you say, you know, what the hell did you do when you were there? Lee, every one of those guys could hit before you got there. I said, <laughs> yeah, <you're right." laughs> you, you did a great job with each and every one of those guys, especially this young man over here, Dan Wilson, and especially with Edgar Martinez Lee. Yeah. We can't thank you enough yeah. for being on the show tonight to talk about one of the greatest history hitters in the history of the game of baseball and Edgar Martinez going in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Lee, thank you what, so what, much, buddy. What does he go in, Rick? He'll go in July, what, July 21st at the ceremony in uh, Cooperstown, oh, okay. New York. Oh, so it's in July when he goes in. Yeah, hmm. so it's real close to Florida, so hope to see you there, buddy. You never know. <laughs> no, it's not real close, but <laughs> it's a short plane ride. I might just hop on a plane and fly on up there. I, well, hopefully, we'll know, see you there. Oh, I, I, I hope I get a chance to, to to talk to him, you know, before I leave this place. But uh, I, I, I know I will. He, I, I wish somebody was there. I wish I was there live with you, so we could look at each other in exactly. the eyes. And, and and you better better express how how he was so special in his daily work. You know, I mean, the simplicity. I know I'm repeating myself, but nobody prepared for a ball game any better than him. I tell you what, and Lee. Uh, he, he, I mean, he just he he made it almost look simple. Oh well, I'll tell you what, Lee. We can Hall of Fame junior. <laughs> Daddy's a Hall of Famer. Oh my God, what a club! How the hell did we not go oh. ten times to to the World Series with that club? That was you know? a beautiful club, and you were such a big part of it as a hitting coach, Lee. Again, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we hope to see you in Cooperstown, New York, in July for the induction of Edgar Martinez. Thanks a lot, Lee. Thank well, you, Lee. Well, thank you, and thanks for calling me and letting me get to, get to say hello to everyone, and good luck. All right, Lee. Lee Elia, former Mariner hitting coach who uh, worked with Edgar and all the guys, especially back in that 1995 season. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Edgar's cousin, Carmelo Martinez, who has a great story about Edgar right after this timeout. The wind of the pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Fastball, belted, deep to left center field. He was the first guy I ever saw that actually had a scale in his locker to weigh each individual bat. I've never seen that before, but it had to be 31 ounces on the button or it was a batting practice bat. The eye exercises that he used to do in front of his locker, I don't know, a lot of people don't know it, but he had some issues with his eyes and so he had to strengthen the muscles to, to be able to control it at all times in the game. So he would have to sit there before games and do these eye exercises 
that he was religious about it. One of the things I thought was really impressive is the first time I watched him take live batting practice with a donut on his bat. That was interesting because I thought if he shanks one off that donut, <laughs> it's going to kill our team. And I don't know what he's doing right now, but basically what he was trying to do was to get himself his hands in the position that he wanted to to stay inside the ball longer. The call of Dave Niehaus, Mike Blower is remembering Edgar Martinez, what it took before each and every game to get ready, weighing the bats and the eye exercises. Welcome back to Hot Stove. Rick Ray, Shannon Dreyer, Gary Hill, Dan Wilson, and uh, Shannon, before we get to Carmelo Martinez, uh, Edgar Martinez going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Just absolutely thrilled about that. And hearing the stories that Mike told, I'm glad we had those. Those are some yeah. of the great stories we've heard. We've heard about the bats. We've seen the scale. We've seen Edgar uh, weighing the bats year after year after year. Louisville Slugger tweeted today, they sent Edgar 3,352 bats in his career. Wow. I remember him sitting there in front of his locker. My bad. Back is bad. And uh, if, if it wasn't, it was a little bit too heavy, a little bit too light, not a gamer put it off to the side, and if the weight was just right, mm, gamer. And that's what he did. And most guys, most guys, you know, we, we would go through our bats. We'd get a dozen bats. you go through it. you look at the grain, and you'd have some that were really good grain and some that weren't, and you'd set aside the one that yeah. weren't. All of his bats had really good, good grain. <laughs> yeah, he had really good grain. It was just a matter for him how much they weighed. Now a chance to get to a very, very special guest here on Hot Stove, Carmelo Martinez. Uh, is the cousin of Edgar Martinez. Carmelo, welcome to the show. Uh, you're in Winterball right now. Tell us what you're doing. Hi, guys. Yes, I'm in Winterball right now. Uh, we're in the finals right now in the Winter League here in Puerto Rico. So uh, I, I was I was in the game when the, announce, the announcement came up, so I'm very happy about that. I know it's late out there, so we appreciate you being on the show tonight here in Seattle. I want you to tell us the story. Let's go way back a number of years ago. A young Edgar Martinez, you know, had, had a, a future in the game of baseball, but he had a pretty good job. And he had an opportunity to sign a, a professional contract with the Mariners, but, you know, I said, man, maybe I ought to take this, this job thing and just go work. And was it you, Carmelo, who convinced Edgar to finally sign a professional contract with the Mariners? Uh, well, I think I have a lot to do with it. Uh, I uh, already played for three years in, in, uh, with the Chicago Cubs in the minor leagues. And I saw all these healers that were there in the minor leagues, and uh, I knew Edgar can hit. I, I know he can hit, so I keep I keep pushing him and telling him every day that hey, you got a sign, man. You got a sign. You got a chance to be a good one. Uh, but he was doing good. He was going to school. He was uh, working, and he was also playing uh, amateur baseball here in Puerto Rico, which you you make a little money uh, playing like two times a week. But uh, I finally convinced him, and I'm uh, happy I did. Carmelo, what would you say was Edgar's greatest gift at the plate? Excuse me? What would you say Edgar's greatest gift or talent at the plate was? What made him what he was at the plate? I, I, well, he was uh, hitting-wise. Uh, he worked so hard, even though when, uh, even he was a professional. He was always uh, doing stuff that none of the people do, like hitting, hitting rocks with a broomstick or trying to hit a... Uh, water coming down from the gutter after it rains. So I knew then that, that, that he got a chance to be a good hitter, and he took that into to, to his career. I mean, he was he was always a study pitchers. He, he was uh, always thinking about the next pitch. And uh, a lot of times when I talked to him, he used to tell me that he used to visualize 
the night before, the guy's going to pitch the next night. So I think not many guys do that. Carmelo, it's Dan Wilson. It's great to hear your voice. Congratulations. Hi, Dan. How are you, man? Good. How are you? Good, good. It's great. Uh, good luck in the uh, in the finals down there. That's an exciting time to be down there. And I was I heard a, a, an interview with Edgar today talking about um, you and, and his ability in the offseason to work out with you. And I know we've talked a lot tonight about his work ethic and, and what he did on a daily basis. Gar could get after it in the weight room, too. And I, I just would love to hear your take on it as, as someone that has worked out with him in the past. Well, well, once I made it to the big leagues, Dan, I uh, I have a gym in my house and I have batting cages in the back, so I got a bunch of players coming down and and uh, and work out with me. And Edgar was one of those guys that uh, he was he was the first guy up there. We used to do a lot of running. Uh, it was a piece of land behind my house, and it was like just to go around one time jogging. It was like three miles. So we used to do all that stuff, and then we hit the weights and. Uh, after that, we ate lunch, and then we went to the park. So every day, we did that every day for a long time, and we got a bunch of players doing that. Well, he was one of the guys that every day he wants to take like three or four hundred swings. Wow. You know what I mean? Of the machine. So that's Edgar right there. Visiting with Edgar's cousin, Carmelo Martinez in Puerto Rico. we got about one minute left, uh, Carmelo. you got a favorite story of Edgar growing up as a kid besides hitting the raindrops with the broomstick or the bat? There's so many stories about he don't want me to tell the stories, especially now. <laughs> really? Uh, not, yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a very serious person, but he got his stories, but I'm not allowed to say them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, he had a lot of stories for us uh, when he finally got here in the 1980s and became one of the greatest hitters in the history of the game of baseball. And I, I think you had something to do with that as well. And we just want to thank you for being on the show tonight as we celebrate uh, your cousin, Edgar Martinez, going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Carmelo, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you guys for giving me, for giving me the chance. You're welcome. Carmelo Martinez, all the way from uh, Puerto Rico tonight uh, in winter ball. And I tell you what, it's nice to have Carmelo with us this evening. We're going to have more. The first hour just flew by. More on Edgar Martinez and his induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Coming up next in the next hour, we're going to visit with Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr. talking about Edgar Jr. winning back in 2016. Back with more on Hot Stove after this. This is the Hot Stove Report. Going, going, goodbye baseball. On 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle app. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Hot Stove. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dreher, Gary Hill, alongside Dan Wilson, talking about Edgar Martinez. Two solid hours here in Hot Stove about Edgar going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Who better to talk about going into the Hall of Fame? He went in in 2016, just a few years ago. Ken Griffey Jr., along with Dave Niehaus in 2008. Junior, thanks for joining us tonight. I know you're busy. you got a lot going on in Florida. We appreciate you taking the time to talk about Edgar tonight. No problem. How are you? I'm doing fine, buddy. So what do you think? What kind of advice would you give Edgar Martinez about what to expect when he gets to Cooperstown, New York in July? Um, it's going to be a whirlwind, no sleep, and he better have a suit game ready. <laughs> it's going to be busy, isn't it, as soon as he gets there? Uh, yes. Yes, it, it will be very busy. Um, I was going to bed right around 2 o'clock. 
and being up at like 6.30 to do more interviews for the for the three days. It was crazy. Ken, it, it was just such a thrill to see this moment finally come. It took 10 long years. I, I kind of referred to Edgar as a Northwest secret for so long. We watched what he did. What were you most thankful to see him finally get acknowledged for? Well, I mean, the the people in baseball know who he is and know what he's done um, and know what kind of person he is. I think I was more excited for him today uh, because of last year's, you know, total. And, and I'm like, you know, come on, let's go. And, and you know, I've always supported him. Uh, to me, he's the best right-handed hitter that I've played with and against. Um, and it, it was gratifying. It was fun. Uh, today was like me going back in the Hall of Fame because now I have somebody I can share something with who is a teammate of mine. Griff, this is Dan Wilson. Good to hear from you. Um, you know, you mentioned teammates and, and, you know, you batted third for so many years, Gar batted fourth. And in that time, there were a zillion pitching changes uh, that would occur between the two of you guys. Any great conversations that you remember that you had with Gar as, as a guy's warming up, coming into the ball game to face you, either you or Gar? Uh, anything memorable stick out to you as, as far as a conversation with Gar? Uh, every now and then they bring in a, a righty, another righty, and he'd go, now you know they're going to walk you. <laughs> really? You just gonna say that right now? Sure enough, I get walked through. Like, see? He just look at me, start laughing as he's walking through the play. But you know, to have a guy, you know, to win batting titles and, and to be, you know, uh, one of the guys for ten years, ten solid years, that you would like. Mm, I don't really know if I want to face this guy. Because he, you know, he can go gap to gap, or he can take you in the seat, and, and that's tough to pitch to. You know, you as a catcher know, like, ah, okay, if you're a one-trick pony, that's easy. But when you have the total package as Edgar did, it, it, it makes it tough. You know, uh, what are we going to do to this guy, day in and day out? Okay, we got him out yesterday like this, and all of a sudden the next day you try to get yeah. him out that same way and he shoots a double you know in the right center field gap or shoots it down the you know down the left field line visiting with uh, mariner hall of famer ken griffey jr let's talk about that double junior october 1995 uh game five of the american league division series joey gets the bunt base hit you get the single up the middle off of jack mcdowell was there any question in your mind that edgar wasn't going to do something special in that moment no, uh, I mean, uh, uh, the one thing that we've always talked about was, you know, being able to, to help the next guy. Everybody on that team was, you know, we weren't selfish ballplayers. We all rooted for each other day in and day out. And, you know, when we score, you know, that's, you know, that's part of us. You As know, a for team, me to be able to score for 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 you know Edgar, 
was like me hitting that ball down the left field line because that's what we want to do. That's what we were, you know, trained to do. That's what we were, you know, taught. That's what we wanted to do. We all rooted for each other. And, you know, we weren't maybe the best talented team, but the word team was the most important thing that we talked about every day, being a good, solid team. When Edgar hit that double, you're getting to third base. Sammy Perlazzo is waving you in. Was that the fastest junior you've ever run the bases? No. See, that's, see, that's a misconception. <laughs> <laughs> you were flying, son. Right. But I always run like that. Y'all just don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, think about this. I went to instructional league to learn how to fly. Yes. And, and that's because I was so fast that by the time <laughs> I looked up, that was late sliding. Yeah. Actually, you know, that that's one of the things. Like I said, we all we, we all took pride in, in, in things that um, you couldn't take away from us. So you get a hit, you can't take it away from it. You get an RBI, you can't take it away from it. You get a stolen base, that can't, you can't take that away. A run scored, you can't take that away. All those things add up. You know, your batting average is going to go up and down all year. But the things that you can't take away are the hits, run scored, RBIs, and, the, and, and even the small things, getting the guy over, getting them in. You know, like I said, the, the most important thing that we talked about the whole year was being a good team and how much we cared for one another. Well said. And I think, Junior, you know, one of the things we, we've been talking about with Gar – uh, here it's just you know his his demeanor is always just so level. It's just always so calm, and even when he got the call today, he just seemed like you know it's just Gar. That's just Gar. He's just so level-headed, and 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 being a good clutch hitter, you know yourself was was an incredible. You were an incredible clutch hitter. You know what is it about being patient? Uh, you know is that the key to, to to being able to deliver in those kind of situations? Well, I think you know me growing up in a household with my dad being able to say hey. You know, the faster you can calm down, the better you're going to be. And all those situations, I mean, you know, Edgar had to go through a lot early in his career, you know, uh, not being, you know, playing third because of eyesight, being able to to overcome that by strength conditioning his eyes and his work ethic that people don't talk about enough. You know, God works at being a professional hitter. You know, did he want to go out and play, you know, a position? Absolutely. But for for him, he was like, okay, this is the card that I was dealt. Let me make the best of it. And, you know, 15 years later, or 25 years later, look where he's at now. Ken, what do you remember about the first time you saw Edgar hit? Uh, well, I was really laughing at his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and only because I couldn't grow one. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you know, he was Steve Harvey before Steve Harvey. Uh, <laughs> I still can't grow one. And I'm, you know, 49 years old. Uh, just how he, he took, you know, you know, nobody hit with a donut on the back you know, during BP. Nobody did all the things that, that he did. I mean, he he is a 
inventor of things that that you know nobody would ever thought of and for him it was normal you know i'm gonna hit with a donut i'm gonna shoot the ball down the right field line i'm gonna make my hands as strong as they can you know on any pitch and the only way i'm gonna do it is pp uh the warming up you know riding a bike before he came up to the plate you know just the things that like i said that happen inside the tunnel that people don't see yeah you know made him you know a hall of famer and and today like i said i was excited like like i got that call even though he sounded like he wanted to hang up on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he got a wrong call, the first one. <laughs> it was the wrong number. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe Ashton Kusher, he thought he was calling him. Hey, thank you, all right, bye. <laughs> well, Junior, I, I tell you what, you gave us so many thrills sitting in front of Edgar Martinez. I got 10 seconds left. I got to know. If Edgar was sitting right next to you right now, what would you tell him? I'd just give him a hug and say, well, I now it. I have something to share with somebody in the same uniform. Awesome. You know, it's lonely when you go there and nobody's there, <laughs> you know, and everybody got, you know, you know, you, you know, a couple of years ago, Mays and McCovey, then you got Hank and you got, you know, Smokey and all those guys. Yeah. Now I have somebody who can sit next to me. There you go. And you got the, the great Dave Niehaus along with you and Edgar Jr. Thanks so much. I know you're busy tonight over there in Florida. It's late and we appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Thank you so much. We'll see you in Cooperstown. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr. talking about Hall of Famer Edgar Martinez. And we'll be back with Jay Jaffe, senior writer at Fangraphs. He has a book, the Cooperstown Casebook. We'll talk with Jay Jaffe as Hot Stove continues, talking about Edgar Martinez, the Hall of Famer, right after this timeout. The one thing I remember about Edgar is one being in the Mariner Clubhouse when he received a new shipment of bats. And I don't know, they get a, they get a you know, huge bundle of bats, you know, when they get a new shipment. And he's going through each bat one by one, looking at it, examining it, feeling it for the weight, the grain of the wood. He kept a few, threw out a lot of them. He, was, he looked for that perfect bat, and that sums up him as a hitter. You know, everything down to the bat was an art and a science. And, you know, to me... He perfected the art of hitting, one of the best right-handed hitters of all time, on base percentage, doubles, home runs, of course, with the great batting averages. Now the ball and a strike on Edgar Martinez. And now Anderson has set the pitch to Edgar. Swung on, line drive, base hit, right center field. He's unbelievable. He is muchísimo caliente, Edgar Martinez. Now 8 for 11 in this series. Dave Niehaus, good hable Espanoli on the air. He was fantastic. Say, fans, be sure to be on hand for all the action of the 2019 Mariner season by becoming a season ticket holder today. Whether you're looking to spend quality time with your family and friends or have more face time with your employees and clients, make the ballpark your Northwest summer home with packages starting at just 10 games. Visit Mariners.com slash 19 for more information. Talking about Edgar Martinez, two complete hours on Edgar Martinez. Why? Poppy's going in the Hall of Fame July 21st in Cooperstown, New York, voted in today by the writers. Two hours of uh, Edgar Martinez talk continues, visiting right now with uh, a senior writer at Fangraphs, Jay Jaffe. Jay has a book out, the Cooperstown Casebook. 
and it's a snapshot of all the players who have made it into the Hall of Fame. And, and Jay, you have been really stumping for Edgar Martinez for years to get into Hall of Fame. Today, Edgar gets his rightful due, voted in by the writers. What's going through your mind right now, Jay? Well, I felt uh, I felt pretty emotional uh, in, in a very positive way that uh, um, you know that Edgar got in because uh, he was one of my favorite ball players uh, uh, back when back when he played, and obviously he's been somebody I've been advocating for for uh, I think his entire candidacy here. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I have uh, I have family out in Seattle. My uh, my late uncle worked for the Mariners in the Diamond Club uh, uh, in his uh, retirement years, and so uh, this. You know, this one means something to me, uh, you know, in a, in a big way. Jay, I've been reading your work for many years, and it's great to hear that not only do you have the statistical side of it, but also you know, a connection uh, to the Mariners and watching Edgar as well. I, I'm curious, when did it really solidify in your mind this guy's a Hall of Famer? What was it that made him, in your eyes, uh, deserving of where he is today? Well, you know, I mean, look, I think – I wasn't I wasn't uh you know slicing and dicing the numbers for the Hall of Fame stuff that during during the the height of Edgar's career and it was really I think by the end that that uh, um uh, you know I always, I I just I I knew that I I loved watching him hit I mean I knew he just put up tremendous numbers and and uh, uh you know even after the um uh, uh A-Rod and Griffey and and Randy Johnson all uh uh, all left town that, uh, you know, he was part of that 2001 squad that, uh, uh, that set the, the regular season wins record. And he was uh, still a great hitter then. I, you know, I think it was, you know, probably pretty early on and, you know, even maybe even before he reached the ballot that I realized that, Oh boy, this guy's got, uh, uh, you know, some pretty impressive numbers that put him right there, but obviously it's going to be a challenge to convince people, uh, you know, that, uh, uh a guy who spent, uh, 72% of his career as a DH is, 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 uh, uh, is worthy of a vote because you know we just haven't seen uh, the electorate support that kind of, that that kind of candidate yet. Uh, Jay, on behalf of Meritor fans, let me say thanks. Uh, you were one of the ones that really put him into the forefront nationally in terms of this conversation. I felt like a lot of us have been advocating for Edgar for a long time, but sometimes shouting into the wilderness. And you were the one one of the ones that really brought his case to the forefront. Given that, though. Even turning back the clock five years ago, how amazing is this journey from just five years ago to now being in the Hall of Fame with all the votes, the big leaps he has made over time? Yeah, it, it really is remarkable. I mean, it's we've we've seen you know such so many changes that you know in such a short amount of time that have had a very big impact on on uh, the Hall of Fame process and you know social media. Um, the the Hall of Fame ballot tracker, which gives us kind of real time feedback as to uh, a candidate's level of support from at least you know uh, half the electorate, um, advanced statistics, uh, exposure of those advanced statistics via television and especially via the the Brian Kenny TV shows, MLB Now, and before that Clubhouse Confidential. I mean, there's just there's so many more platforms to reach people uh, for this stuff, and and you know in my case. Uh, I'm really lucky that I had some uh, uh, some high-profile uh, uh, 
national uh, reporters uh, who were reading my work. And 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 uh, let's face it, if you can convince Jason Stark and Ken Rosenthal and and, and Peter Gammon <laughs> that uh, you're onto something there, uh, but your That's message good. is going to you know is going to carry a lot further. And I was lucky that those guys uh, uh, you know spoke up on my behalf and therefore spoke up on Edgar's behalf. And and uh, you know I think all, there's a lot of credit due to. Uh, uh, due to the Mariners organization, I don't think I've seen uh, any other team. And I've been doing this since, uh, you know, with my Jaws system since 2004, uh, the 2004 ballot. I, I haven't seen a team really take it upon themselves to promote a candidate uh, in the way that uh, the Mariners have with Edgar. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, uh, you know, that, that my work was, 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 was a small part of that. I, I, I remember every year, you know, when I would publish the Edgar Martinez profile, you know, and kind of, uh, uh, catch people up with where he was and, you know, the latest state of the art, uh, uh, with the metrics, the Mariners, uh, account would tweet it out. And I would, uh, that I, I would become a trending topic in Seattle <laughs> on Twitter. So, you know, that's, that's just, that's just very strange and wonderful. And, and, and I just, I feel like I have a special connection to all of that. So, uh, it's really great. I've been following your work with Jaws for a long time, but for those not as familiar, tell us, tell us what Jaws is. Okay, JAWS stands for the Jaffe Wins Above Replacement Score, and it's a means of using uh, WAR, Wins Above Replacement, uh, which measures a player's full offensive and defensive and base running contribution uh, as a means of comparing him to the players who are already in the Hall of Fame. Now, this is important because Edgar didn't play a lot of defense, um, but what War shows is that even when we, even when you, when you uh, uh, consider a DH, a guy who didn't play the field, uh, and there's a, there's what we call a positional spectrum. Uh, there's that kind of adjusts so that uh, you know a shortstop who can, who can hit for league average uh, is more valuable than a first baseman who can hit for league average. Well, Edgar is so far above the bar that he made up for the fact that he didn't play defense. It's like, you know, if you can if you can ace the tests showing up to class 50% of the time you don't have to come to every lecture it's kind of like that he he didn't need he didn't need to play defense to have as much value uh, as the average Hall of Fame third baseman, and and you know, and he wasn't a bad third baseman in his time. Uh, the metrics support the idea that he was, you know, a few runs above average, and it wasn't it wasn't because he had an iron glove that he was forced off the position. So uh, Jaws really helped <coughs> eloquently state that case uh, for Edgar. I have him as. Uh, uh, tenth among all, or tenth or, or, or eleventh among all third basemen uh, via my metric, and and that's uh, that's pretty impressive when you consider that uh, uh, there are only fourteen third basemen in the Hall of Fame, and uh, uh, it's a position that's very underrepresented. Visiting with Jay Jaffe, and Jay, there's there's so many numbers now in the game of baseball. When you take a look at Edgar's numbers, what's the number one number that stands out in your mind that makes <laughs> Edgar a Hall of Famer? The 418 on base percentage. I mean, that just you, you, you know, we've we've we we can fully appreciate the idea that uh, you know ba- baseball's clock is its outs. You know, if you don't use up those outs, you're going to put more pressure uh, and and create more runs ultimately. And Edgar had those years where he was putting up on base percentages as high as 479, and and you know years with. Uh, uh, you know, 450 or better, and it's just—it's so many years, almost every year above 400, and 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 uh, that's the number that really stands out in my mind because you know we know that offensive levels were high in that period. We know that the Kingdom, especially in the first, you know, in the first half of his career, was a favorable hitting environment, you know, more so than 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 Safeco. Um, 
but uh, the on-base percentage really, I think, uh, uh, is a little bit more um, uh, condition-proof in terms of, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the ball being juiced. Uh, that, that's, that's not going to really show up there to the same extent. Jay, I love that the playing field seems to have been equaled with the metrics that are available right now and what we've seen in this offseason and four or five offseasons and a lot of because of what you and others are doing is almost a different hot stove season. It's a different discussion that's being had. And, and I think there's a lot of learning and enjoying that's going on with it. And uh, it's great that you've been responsible uh, for a nice part of that and that's benefited Edgar. And one other thing that I, I wanted to say, um, I did slip my mind who your uncle was. Your uncle Harold was an absolute Safeco treasure um, in the Diamond oh, Club. I was down there uh, doing on-field interviews quite a bit, and he was always there with a little treat or a little bit of encouragement. And just if you've been down in the Diamond Club area or down on the field at all, uh, you've probably met Jay's uncle and just uh, one of the best people at the fine, fine stadium. And just uh, it, he's a good one. Oh, thanks. I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm, gl- I'm glad, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad he touched so many people in that organization and, uh, uh, like I said, you know, this this one did mean a lot to me because uh, because of that personal connection. Well, Jay, number one, we want to thank you for being on the show tonight, Hot Stove. And number two, thank you so much for your work letting the world know how great Edgar Martinez was. We knew it here for 18 seasons, you know, watching him every day. But it helps to have a guy like you telling the world about the numbers, understanding the numbers, and we really appreciate it. Jay, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And uh, uh, you know, let's uh, let's enjoy this moment. You better believe it. Jay Jaffe, senior writer at Fangraphs and Hot Stove continues. We've got a very, very special segment coming on opposing pitchers. Talk about the one and only Edgar Martinez right after this timeout. I've said to people many, many times that, especially for a right-handed hitter, the best swing that I ever saw was the home run you hit off of Maddox in the All-Star game. Martinez and Maddox hooking up, and Martinez gets into one to left. At the track, at the wall, goodbye. The purest hitter in this game from the left side, Tony Gwynn. From the right side, Edgar Martinez. There is no surefire way of pitching him. That ball in on the hands, biting in. He one-hands it out of the ballpark. And, and I say that because I don't think people understand how much that ball is moving in on your hands and how difficult it is to not only pull that ball, but to keep it straight and fair. And I, I don't think that there's another right-handed hitter on the planet that would have been able to do that. And I, and I always talk about staying inside the ball. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about hitting in general and using the entire field and, and staying inside the ball and what you have to do. Yeah, and hitting, um, you know, it took a lot of work for me to be able to stay consistent with that swing. but. Um, I wanted to work uh, in the tee, basically, the way I want my swing in the game, I want to repeat it, it's a repetition. So I will repeat that swing <clears throat> over and over pretty much every day. I will take that one, that into batting practice, and uh, in the game, I just don't think about it. You know, that, that's the goal. I don't have to think about my swing. I don't have to think about where my hands are, my feet. Because the mind only can focus on one thing at a time, and you want to be able to focus on what this, what he's going to throw. Uh, so I will work all the time on, on the swing. And uh, I wanted to be able to, with my mechanics, to pretty much use the whole field and be able to drive the ball to all fields. 
So um, I will do the same routine over and over uh, pretty much every day. Uh, the beauty of Edgar Martinez taking an inside pitch, getting his hands inside the ball, getting the barrel to it, hitting it hard, and keeping the ball fair. A lot of guys would hit the ball hard, but they pull it about 50 feet foul. Edgar Martinez, the Hall of Famer. Say, friends, enjoy Mariners baseball in style in 2019 with the all-new 10-game Terrace Club Flex Plan. Customize your own season ticket package by hand-selecting the games of your choice in the popular club level at T-Mobile Park, which includes access to exclusive concessions and a full bar. Visit Mariners.com slash 19 to start building your plan today. Well, uh, two hours of Edgar Martinez here in Hot Stove, and it continues. And Dan Wilson came up with a great idea. What do the opposing pitchers feel, you know, when they when they face Edgar Martinez down through the years? What are they thinking? What's it like to face Edgar Martinez? Gary Hill put together uh, a number of interviews with some of the top pitchers in the game of baseball. Let's start off with Dennis Eckersley. Hey, Eck, what was it like to face Edgar Martinez? One of the greatest right-handed hitters ever lived, ever. You know, I, I don't know what's keeping keeping him from the Hall of Fame, really. Um, just an incredible hitter. You know, a, a guy with he was, had such great balance, and uh, uh, he knew the strike zone so well. You know, he he really did. That's why his on base was so great. But great breaking ball hitter, stayed back. You know, it, he could have hit more home runs if he wanted to. You know, but he was you know all-round hitter he wasn't trying to go deep you know uh the guys that play that were playing then know how great he is they do the players this was fun down through the years i mean we've talked to so many different pitchers about what it was like facing edgar martinez and it's fun because there are themes that develop and the biggest theme is it's just not fun, and there is no way to attack him. Here's what Mark Langston said, a one-time uh, teammate for a short time, but he had he had to face Edgar plenty, and it's funny to hear what Langston had to say about to him. To me, he seemed like the best right-handed hitter that I faced in my entire career, and Edgar was a, he was a guy that if you pounded him in hard inside, which that was part of my strength, he had the ability to pull his hands in and hit the ball out of the ballpark. So if you try to go, okay, if he can hit that pitch, what's my next option? Change up on the outer half, go away. So you'd go to that pitch, and the next thing you know, he'd hit this, you know, a base hit or a double into the right field gap. So he could gap you from side to side, depending on where the pitch was. Uh, he was such a tough at bat. If you made any mistake, he really crushed you. And if you executed your pitch, he would only get a single. So it's like... Uh, and I'm not the only guy. There's a lot of guys that uh, we're, we all raise our hands, especially the lefties. You know, Edgar was just a very difficult uh, guy to, for us to face. Mark Langston talking about facing Edgar Martinez. Jack Morris was one of the most dominant pitchers in the game of baseball back in the 1990s with the Detroit Tigers. Then it was on to the Minnesota Twins in 91 where he won a World Series title. Also the Toronto Blue Jays winning a World Series title there. Hall of Fame pitcher as well. Jack had to face Edgar Martinez. What was it like, Jack? He was a hell of a good hitter. He covered the inside part of the plate. He jumped all over early pitches if there were strikes. You know, it was hard to get ahead of him because he, if it was, you know, not a nasty pitcher's pitch, he usually made pretty good contact. So 
he was one of those guys where you almost had a pitch backwards. You had to try to trick him early and hope that you were ahead uh, because he even got better when you were behind in counts. But uh, Edgar was, uh, was a, a real pro's pro. He went out there every day and grinded it, and, uh, man, he could hit. And Dan, you see the theme that develops. It's the theme of, you know, there's no way to get him out. I mean, there was no way to attack him consistently. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's fascinating here. I, th- I thought that's what we were going to hear from these guys. And I used to sit on the bench and, and watch him hit, thinking to myself, I don't know how I would put together a game plan for a guy like Gar. Usually a guy that's gap to gap gives up a little power in one direction. But Gar was a guy that could take you deep to left. He could take you deep to right. He just had such a, a, a balanced swing. And I think Eck mentioned that, that he had great balance. He was never off balance. And then his ability to pull the hands in, couldn't jam him. And then, uh, you know, Langston, you can hear the frustration. As soon as, you, <laughs> as soon as you went out there, you know, he hit one in the right center gap. And, and, and it is. It's just there's no way, no safe way to pitch this guy. The, the best way to approach it, I think, actually came from Buck Showalter. Who listen, Take a listen to Buck Showalter, his approach on Edgar. You'll hear the best way to pitch Edgar Martinez. Uh, he's one of the few guys that uh, there was no one set way to pitch. There are uh, most of the guys up here, if you can get the ball in a certain area, you can you know, have some success. But, uh, you know, when you started to play them, you just said, okay, you asked the advanced scout, how's Edgar swinging? If he happened, you might catch him maybe two or three times a year. Um, but if he said, you know, that he was – in the zone where he normally was, and you're trying to keep the people off the base in front of him because uh, uh, he was just such a pure hitter, let the ball travel, and uh, could hurt you to all parts of the park. And you couldn't stay in one area with one particular pitch, and that's that's very unusual. See, there was – did you hear it? Just keep the people off base before it comes <laughs> that's up. Right. That's yeah. the approach to pitching Edgar Martinez and the safest way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can remember years where it seemed like he was in an 0-2 count every time up but yet he would work the count to three and two, follow a bunch of pitches mm-hmm. off, and still be able to do something with it. And he just was just the guy that you just couldn't get out. There was just like – I think Buck put it very well. There's just no one way to pitch him. You had to continue to mix it up because he, he'd, he'd figure it out. One you, fine one. Mark Mulder is pretty good too uh, because he's pretty honest about facing Edgar Martinez. That I didn't want to face him. I mean, he was – I always knew where he was in the lineup. Uh, he was probably the last guy that I wanted to face in a big situation. Um, he, it was a challenge, you know, because he was so good the way he drove the ball the other way and used the entire field. You couldn't really get in on him, but yet you had to. You had to pitch him in in order to have anything. You couldn't throw anything on the outer half if you didn't throw strikes on the ins- on the inner half. So that's essentially what made him so difficult. Those are great comments from Dennis Eckersley, Jack Morris, Mark Langston, Mark Mulder and Buck Showalter, and I guarantee you guys and ladies that uh, on July 31st, we're going to hear Mariano Rivera talk Mm. about what in the world was it like to try to get Edgar Martinez out. Why? Because he couldn't. Edgar hit, what, 587 against Mariano Rivera throwing that cutter that was, you know, so tough to hit for so many hitters, but Edgar Martinez hit almost 600 against Mariano Rivera. And I mean, X said it. The players know. And Shannon, I know we've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different players the last few years talking about Edgar and facing Edgar and that sort of thing. And uh, the the theme is is there. He was an all-time great. 
He was an all-time great. And one of my favorite stories, uh, one that Mike Flowers talked about, is when he was talking to him on the bench one day, and <laughs> Edgar and, you know, Blow can tell you exactly what mm-hmm. is coming up next. Well, Edgar can do that, too. And so Flowers was asking how he was going to pitch him, and he's like, well, this is how he'd pitch you. This is how he would <laughs> pitch me. So he goes up to the plate, and he comes back, and uh, I, don't, I don't remember if it was, I think it was a strikeout. And Edgar, you know, notorious for waiting for his pitch, for getting his pitch. And Mike was kind of razzing him a little bit. Well, what happened? And he said the pitcher made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was supposed to throw me a curveball. He threw me a pass. Right. But, but that was Edgar. He was so prepared. He, he yeah. studied the catchers. He studied the umpires. You know, he was ready. And he knew the opposing pitcher. He was a student of hitting. And I, I think to me, Mark Mulder said something that was really important. I always knew where Edgar was in the lineup. And to me, that strikes fear in any pitcher. When, when a pitcher says he knows where that guy is, when he knows when Gar's coming up, he knows he wants to keep guys off base in front of him, he knows he doesn't want to face him uh, in, in a tight situation, that messes with a pitcher. And, and uh, that's, that's why Gar uh, is in the Hall of Fame, because he, he struck fear in, in the pitchers in the big leagues. Exactly. That's how you know who a Hall of Famer is when those yes. guys, those really, really good pitchers, yep. Don't want to face you because you're that great a hitter. Edgar Martinez going into the Hall of Fame, voted upon today by the baseball writers. 85.4% of the votes going to Edgar. Poppy, congratulations. We're going to be talking more about Edgar Martinez. Two solid hours here on Hot Stove about Edgar Martinez and his induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame. We're going to be back with some great clips featuring the one and only Edgar Martinez as Hot Stove continues right after these messages. Save friends, buy more and save. Discounted tickets are available for groups of 20 or more. Flexible seating options, private hospitality, and picnic packages are all available to complete your group's day at the ballpark. For more information and to book your group for 2019, visit mariners.com groups. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dreyer, Gary Hill, what a show, Dan Wilson. Dan, we've got a few minutes, uh, a minute here. We're going to get to uh, some great highlights of Edgar. What was it like to raise the number 11 flag for Poppy today on top of the Space Needle? What an honor today, Rick. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, you know, obviously it was it was a very rainy, cold day, but quintessential Seattle. Yeah. And uh, quintessential Seattle Space Needle, and then a quintessential Seattle icon, Edgar Martinez. A great day, uh, and and to see that flag go up, uh, number eleven on it. It's uh, you know, it, it was just the culmination of of what we've all been waiting for here for for ten years yes. to get to Gar in that Hall of Fame. So congratulations, Gar. And it finally happened today, Shannon, Gary, Edgar Martinez going into the Baseball Hall of Fame with 85% of the vote. Coming up next here to take us to the end of the second hour of Hot Stove, here's a a group of highlights of Edgar Martinez down through the years, one of the greatest hitters in the history of the game of baseball. Enjoy and congratulations, Edgar Martinez, into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And here comes the 2-2 pitch to Edgar Martinez now. And the fastball swung on and hit the deep center field. Bernie Williams goes back and it is. Get out the right bread and the mustard this time, Grandma. It is a grand salami. And the Mariners lead it 10-6. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. 
He's a 300, 400, 500 guy for his career. There are like 18 of those guys in history. Then when you take those specific numbers and try to find people that have a higher average, higher on base, and a higher slugging than him, there are like seven guys in major league history that have better numbers than him. And I covered baseball significantly at the time of his prime. And, Mike, you know this. Mm-hmm. When you ask people, like, who are the best hitters in the American League? And Edgar Martinez's name always came up. The numbers are there. He should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm happy that at least he's going to get his number retired. The wind of the pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Fastball belted deep to left center field. And that will fly, fly away. That's over the aisle way. Way in deep left center field. 420 feet, I'll guarantee you. What a bolt by Edgar Martinez. I have never seen him this high. To me, one of the greatest right-handed hitters ever lived. Ever. Just an incredible hitter. You know, a, a guy, with, he had such great balance. Knew the strike zone so well. You know, he, he really did. That's why his on-base was so great. But great breaking ball hitter. Stayed back. The guys that play, that were playing then, know how great he is. They do, the players. And the 2-1 pitch on the way to Edgar now. Swung on, pulled on the third baseline, fair into the corner. So here comes Coleman. Junior on his way to third. He's to third. The carry by Paquette. Junior will pull up at third base. Edgar at second with his 50th double of the year. Edgar. The greatest right-handed hitter I've ever played with. I absolutely hated seeing him coming up against the Rangers. He was the guy in that lineup, probably even more than Junior, who who you feared in a big situation. And that was before a lot of guys, right-handed batters, hit the ball a lot to the opposite field. I would say that until Miguel Cabrera came along, Edgar was the single best opposite field right-handed hitter I had ever seen. He still might be. Edgar winning his second American League batting championship this year with a 3.56 average. He was fourth in the league in RBIs with 113 runners their leads. The 0-1 pitch on the way. Swing and a fly ball. Down the left field line and deep. Mexico! Edgar is going to be in Cooperstown uh, not too long from now. I used to love to watch that man hit. Don't tell me what a guy hits. Tell me when he hit it. I want to know how was he in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Yeah. Edgar was the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning hitter. One of the best I have ever seen. And uh, I am so happy for him because he was. I look at players were they an asset or were they a liability. We all know what he was. He was an asset to the game of baseball. A great gentleman, and I'm just so happy for him. I have a little project. It's a light bulb. Oh, my goodness. 
He was so fabulous against the Yanks. He was the toughest batter for Mariano to get out. I can't decide who was the best right hand hitter I've ever seen Edgar Martinez or Manny Ramirez. <laughs> they both killed the Yankees killed them. So uh, my and he's a, such a nice gentleman. And um, so I'm a big Edgar Martinez fan and yes he should be in the Hall of Fame. And the count of ball and a strike on Edgar Martinez. And now Anderson has set the pitch to Edgar swung on line drive base hit right center field. He's unbelievable. He is muchísimo caliente Edgar Martinez. To me he should be Hall of Famer. He should be inducted in the Hall of Fame a while ago. It, it will happen regardless. I, I, I hope so. And it made me proud, you know, just the fact that uh, they kind of uh, uh, compare my name to uh, um, an amazing uh, uh, player like, like Edgar used to be. Pitch swung on and a high fly ball belted right down the line. And that will fly away. Edgar Martinez has just hit a two-run home run to give the Mar a 6-2 lead. You know, when Edgar came to the plate, I said, oh, my goodness. This is this is not the guy that I want to see at the plate in this situation. I know he's going to hit the ball hard somewhere. I knew it. And the old one pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line down the left field line for a base hit. On this night, the designated hitter award for the American League will be forever be named the Edgar Martinez Award. Congratulations. Listen to this standing ovation as Edgar is announced perhaps for the last time in an 18-year excellent career. An 18-year soon-to-be-determined Hall of Fame career. Definitely Mariner Hall of Fame, Cooperstown. Perhaps. Edgar has passed our way for the last time. And listen. What a fantastic tribute to a fantastic man.